That's too high. That's too high. That's terrible. Come on now. How many of y'all glad to be saved? Yeah, that's a lot better. That's a lot better. We're going to the nations of the world. We're taking the gospel to every creature. Why? Not, not, not because we need a blessing and God, God blesses when we give. Not because we love the lost, which we should. Amen. We want every, every sinner to know forgiveness and miss hell and make it to heaven. Amen. And not necessarily because we were commanded to do it. Although we were commanded to do it. And if we love him, we'll keep his. But why do we reach the lost and take the gospel to every creature? Because our God is a God who deserves the praise and the glory and the honor and the adoration and the love from every nation, every people, not just a few. Let's give him praise and glory. Come on. Amen. Now listen, it is good to be in God's house. You're going to be, you're going to really, really enjoy tonight. We've got a special guest with us and, uh, uh, and he's going to be a blessing to you. And, uh, before we introduce our special guest, uh, we're going to, uh, we're just going to introduce an old regular. He's no special guest. He's one of us, one of our dear friends, brother Doug, won't you come up and introduce, uh, the blessing you have with you tonight? How many of y'all recognize and give, uh, uh, give a good old fashioned welcome to brother Doug. Amen. All right. Well, it's a joy to be here, and you can be seated. Uh, you're going to meet Brother David Burrell. Brother David is an, an Indian. And uh, Brother David, if you want to come on up, you can stand right here by me. Uh, he's from India, and uh, he is the real McCoy, okay? He is, he, he's the real thing. And uh, he's going to just share with you his testimony. Now, we've read and we've heard about people that, and what they've gone through and persecution, but you're going to hear from a man who's been there and going to tell you how God has used it to, to take the kingdom uh, in, in a greater, greater way in the country of India. Now, one of the things I want you to think about as you listen to Brother David tonight is the fact that there's literally tens of thousands of David Burroughs all over the world that have never heard of Jesus. And once they hear of Jesus, they're going to become a flaming fire for God. So let me give you a little bit of his story because there's a couple of places with the English. Uh, you, you may not be able to, to get it. I'm just going by my ear, and I'm a redneck and a hillbilly and all of that. So, But uh, David gets saved in the military. He gets married while he's in the military. His Hindu name is Ram, the greatest Hindu god. That's his, that's his uh, Hindu name is Ram. He's going to tell you how God changed that name to David. His wife had cancer, a brain tumor, and they could do nothing about it. And a church planner came by and, and told him about Jesus. They prayed for her, and God healed her. And that was the beginning of their conversion. He's in the military. He begins to win people to Christ, and he plants a church and his battalion. And about a hundred there in his first church he plants. And the, his uh, officer over him hates it because he's a Hindu. And he moves him to another battalion to stop him. Well, he just goes to another battalion, plants churches there. And they kept moving him and moving him and moving him. Finally, he had one guy that, that really liked him for about a year or so and uh, didn't persecute him, but uh, they moved another guy in, and so they moved him to another battalion. But he did what, what Christians ought to do, planted churches. And uh, 
he and his wife decided, though, that they, you know, God's laid on his heart to be a church planter. Just go ahead and resign from the military, come home. He goes back to his home area and begins to plant churches, and they beat him. He's in a hospital three to four months, get him well. After he gets well, he comes back and keeps planting churches, doing just what he was doing. This time, they throw him in prison. They say he's a terrorist, and he's in prison about three or four months while, while in prison. And right before he gets out, they burn his house down to kill his family, to kill his wife and his children, and to kill his mom and dad. And if you know anything about the Indian culture, the mom and dad have the, the first, the, the two rooms in the floor. They don't have what we have. They have two rooms in the floor, and then the two rooms at the top is where you'd have your family. And when he gets out and goes home, he finds everything burned, everything gone, and his family's gone. He doesn't know if they're dead or alive or what's happened. And he'll tell you how that God spared his family. But here's what God did. God took and brought the fear of God in that whole area. The people who burned him down, and, and within a couple of weeks, they killed each other. Those that didn't die by killing each other, they died of mysterious deaths. You know why? There's a God in heaven who keeps records. Amen. And when all of that began to take place, then God opened it up for a church planting movement like you have never seen in your life. And God has used this man, David Burrow, to help plant around 6,000 churches in his life. And uh, you guys have been supporting the Matilli Alliance all of these years. When we went in, you've got to understand a people group that's never had the gospel, when you win them, you've got to do something with them. This man would travel two, two days by train one way and come in among the Matilli and help us train new converts. And today, everybody that's in leadership of the Matilli Alliance are Matillis. Matillis are now reaching Matillis. And uh, this man right here, uh, he's, he's a, a soft-spoken man. He's a man of God. He's the real McCoy. I, I'm, I'm telling you, he's real. And uh, David, I want you to know I love you. I thank God for you. And I'm going to tell you, in his country, they honor him because they give honor for honor is due. And he's a man of God. So, uh, guys, just you're going to love him. And, uh, David, you're going to love these people. These yes. are the easiest people in the world. Yes. Well, the second easiest people in the world to preach to. The easiest are Decatur Baptists, but the second easiest is right here. God bless you, buddy. First of all, I thank God for giving me this opportunity to share my testimony to you. And thanks, Pastor Doug Ripley, uh, that uh, bringing me up uh, to speak. Uh, and uh, I thank uh, Pastor Malcolm as uh, you have uh, given me to speak uh, in your church. And uh, I'm staying uh, with uh, Brother Zim this week. Uh, it's really good. Uh, thanks, uh, Brother Zim. And thank you all for having me in your church. And uh, yes, uh, I was born and brought up Hindu. Uh, you know, Hindu people uh, in India, they worship three, uh, 33 million of gods and goddesses. They worship every day. In a year, we have only 365 days. 
but they worship every day many god and goddesses throughout the years that they worship only worship only worship only that all these images of the god and goddesses so in that custom that culture i was born and brought up my father was a very radical hindu so he gave me name ram the hindu god's name i grew up uh, studied and uh, finished my degree and after completion of my graduation i joined the military and while i was in military i got married with my wife kalpana i have very beautiful wife and just after our first baby girl born my wife started having headache so i took her to doctor and doctor gave her headache medicine he didn't check and in those days in our country there was not much of facility in the medical science to check and all uh, for a, any sickness so doctor gave us only the headache medicine to her so she had a little bit relief but again it was uh, continuing so that uh, continue we just went to doctor again and again and they gave us uh, that same medicine was not healed it went till that serious condition came to my wife she was so much serious at last and she could not uh, move she was paralyzed completely and she could just see by her eyes opened but don't understand anything just tears were rolling down from her eyes that's all so i took her to a, a hospital which was the best in the country so there she was diagnosed that she had a brain tumor and that uh, the doctor found her brain tumor was cover up the whole brain then they cannot help her she was in last stages doctor said that uh, she will die anytime so you just take her home back let her die at home we cannot help so i was very much in pain i took back her home and i was crying and crying and there one doctor told me that we cannot help you but if you believe in god he may save you help you but i didn't know about what god he told me about whom he told me because i have been worshiping all that 33 millions god and goddesses so that about god i wanted to know and i was really convicted in my heart and i said who is that god i didn't heard about christ that time i didn't know about christianity any thing i was totally unknown to christianity so i just one day got angry with my all garden goddesses i pulled all the images of my uh, house that uh, garden goddesses images and uh, threw them out from my house 
and cried out, I will not believe you anymore because you cannot help me. So I cried out to that God, that who can help me? I cried, oh God, are you there? If you are there, please help me. And I was just restless and peaceless. I was in pain and I could not sleep nights. I could not do anything. I could not do my duty then. Because of that, uh, I was uh, very much in pain. So one day, next day, I heard a knock at my door. And uh, I opened the door, and three men was there. And uh, I asked them whom they want. Then they said, we are evangelists. We want to tell you about uh, Jesus. So I said, yes, please come in. And they came, and I made them sit, and they started saying about Lord Jesus Christ to me, how God loved us and sent his only begotten son to die for us, to forgive our sin and to redeem us from sin and to save us. Hearing the gospel, I was touched in my heart, and I was convicted. And I said, yes, I need Jesus. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And I cried and cried and I accepted Lord Jesus Christ that day as my savior. And I gave my life to Jesus. And then I started reading Bible. These people, they prayed for my wife. And yes, there was no healing of no pr promise of healing, but still I was uh, really very much in faith that he will help me. And I started reading Bible, and I found that Jesus raised up the dead, and Jesus healed the sick, and Jesus gave eyesight to blind, and made lamb to walk, all that when I read my faith was increased, and I started to believe that my wife will be healed. Jesus can heal my wife. And I started praying for her. And God heard my prayer. And in one week, a month, within one month, my wife was healed from brain tumor. She could raise up and walk, and she could do everything that he did before. she did before. Praise God. And then, uh, we went back for checkup to doctor. Doctor was surprised. There was no more brain tumor, and she had a brain new brain in new heart. <laughs> it was very much surprising to doctor. And the doctor said that there is no sign of brain tumor anymore. You don't uh, worry. So we came back, and we were very happy, and we went, uh, we went to church, and then after uh, three days, we were baptized. And then we continued our faith, and we started witnessing. We started witnessing to our uh, co-military soldiers, and then they started believing. And they already knew that my wife was in uh, brain tumor, and uh, 
she is healed miraculously and they came to Christ and I called my pastor to baptize them and they were over 100 people so we started church in the military battalion then this commandant of the battalion was so angry with me he wanted to stop me but he couldn't but he transferred me out from the battalion and in that another battalion I went there was also something God used me to witness and bring the people to Christ there also the same thing happened I could plant another church there and the same thing happened that the commandant was angry and posted me out from there also it went on so for six time and in six battalion I could plant churches and then at last I felt that uh, God called me in that night when I saw a dream of Lord Jesus Christ. In that dream, Lord Jesus called me David, 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 three times. I said, to whom you are calling Lord? I am not David, I am Ram. So he said, I have changed your name. You are no more Ram, you are David today onwards. You leave this military job, go home and tell your people what I have done to you so that I may save them. And there, next day, I felt that God called me to serve him widely and freely. Then I applied for teachers, and here I got teachers by the grace of God, and I went home. But in the beginning, my father was uh, not accepting me and my faith. Uh, he was a radical man, so he kept me away over one year. But uh, God did miracles after miracles for me in that village and uh, among our people. And within one year, all my family members came to Christ. We were about... Uh, uh, 200 people in that village believing in Jesus Christ and started church and uh, seeing that uh, all the things uh, my father was changed and uh, he called me and I was very happiest man in the world that uh, my father accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and he invited me again to stay in his house and we started the uh, that uh, ministry there and we could plant uh, another six churches in that area. Then the, this radical Hindu people become wild against me and they attack me one night and beat up me half death. They thought I'm died. They left me on the roadside and uh, they went. But uh, somehow my wife could uh, get the information and uh, she came up and took me to hospital. And when I uh, become incensed, I found myself in a hospital. I was uh, very much in pain because of beating up. My knee was broken, my school was broken, and uh, my head was broken, this side completely broken. So even one rib was broken. So it took me to be healed for four months. And after four months, I was completely healed by the grace of God. 
And I went home and I started again the ministry. I started again to going, uh, witnessing and uh, planting churches. And these uh, radical Hindus were seeing me so much angry. Oh, this man didn't die. He started again the, uh, planting churches and converting people. And so they reported me saying he is a terrorist leader uh, with the police. And police came and arrested me at night, took me to jail. And then uh, <coughs> I was in jail. Uh, they uh, interrogated me using third degree again, the beating up. So in jail hospital I was there for another three months to get healed. But in that time, the, uh, there was many prisoners. The pri uh, prisoners were listening to all my story, and they came to Christ. And there in the jail, we started a prayer fellowships and church-like uh, situation. And then this jailer, he was angry with me. Because uh, these people, they didn't like Christianity. They, still, they don't like Christianity. So they uh, uh, put me in sale so that I will not talk about, uh, not able to talk with anyone. And they, he reported to higher authority that if uh, I am be there in the jail for a long time, they, he, I will make all uh, prisoners Christians. So they are afraid and they make me to sign in a paper saying that I will be not a terrorist. So sign there and release me. I signed that paper and uh, they released me. And I came like that uh, to home. When I reached home, I saw there was no home. It was burned down to the ground. Nothing was left. All our belongings were gone. So I found uh, no, uh, my family were not there. I thought they had died. But uh, when I asked, inquired to people, they say that, your family gone to far away. Then I came to know that they uh, shifted to a uh, far away, 150 miles away to another state in another city where uh, few Christians were there. So there I went and joined them. And there I started again preaching and witnessing for Christ and then I could plant in uh, three years, two more chairs. And uh, I had a very uh, good time there for three years, and uh, I studied my theology there in that uh, city. They had a, a theological college. And then uh, I did my MDiv there. Then God called me back to that radical state, Assam, where I've been there. Called me back to work in that uh, state. So I came down again. And uh, I started the ministry in that uh, city now where I am, called Guwahati City of Assam. If you type in Google map, uh, Guwahati, Assam, India, you will see that city. So there now I am. So from there, I was starting to do ministry again in all over Assam. I could plant over 20 churches in those areas. So. Uh, like that, uh, I was doing my ministry, and uh, I brought uh, uh, 
18 to 20 orphans uh, to my home and uh, my wife took care of them. And uh, in the meantime, that there was uh, so many poor people and uh, children, they didn't go to school. I saw that these uh, children were just uh, roaming and uh, playing. I felt the bad and I prayed God of what to do. Then God led me to start a school for poor people and I started a school there. And today, by God's grace, we have 300 poor people children in our school. And like that, uh, we've been working. <laughs> Praise God, uh, God's been so good to me and uh, he has been uh, really uh, blessing me to meet one of my friend who was uh, working, uh, who was uh, finished uh, studying here in the USA and uh, completed his uh, theology and uh, was a friend of Dr. David Nelm. And uh, he came to India and uh, I met him and uh, he brought that uh, plan of TTI to me to train 20 people and this 20 will go and train 2020 each, and this 2020 each will go train 2020 each, and within no time that the church will be multiplied. So I liked that plan and I accepted it. I was so much happy to start it. So in January, I started that in that year, 2007. So I started that in January 2007. And in 2007, October, my friend died in an accident. That while he was preaching in Sikkim, one of our northeastern India state there, he was preaching in a church and one mile away, there was uh, one uh, project making dam uh, for the hydro project, electricity production. So in that dam project, they were blasting stones. And from that blasting point, one this big stone flew one mile and pricked the church roof, metal roof, and hit him on forehead. And he died spot there. So we thought that that was the end of the project. So uh, it was so tragic death to him. And we are very sorry for him and for our project also. But immediately we received the phone call from America that uh, uh, David, uh, David Nelms' uh, son, Jared Nelms, went to India and met us there and started again to where they left. And uh, we planned to train the, the church planters, uh, disciple making disciples and uh, uh, church planting churches, churches planting churches. So that uh, uh, <coughs> we started again. Then it was really uh, working. And within one year, we, we could uh, plant uh, 400 churches. And 
It increased double next year. It, it, it was 800 churches. And then it increased next year. It was 1,600 churches. So like that, it's increased, and we were very happy to see that. Because of what I know, that our people are very much hungry and thirsty for the gospel. But uh, alone we cannot reach. But when we train hundreds and thousands of people, they can reach them. And they can bring them and they can plant the churches. Amen. So like that today, we have uh, planted over 6,000 churches in Northeast India. And with mightily over 4,000 4, churches. So uh, over 10,000 churches already planted. So I believe God is working. And yes, there are persecution. We have very much a strong opposition from our radical Hindu people. And many are today in jail because of preaching the gospel, and many are killed because of the preaching of the gospel, but still our people are very much in the, uh, you know, spirit of God, and they are going out to reach the people. And that's how the work is really happening. And we are really able to bring more than the 100,000 souls to Christ. Amen. So, praise God. We need to reach over 100,000 churches. We, we need to plant over 100,000 churches by 2025. We are targeting. For that, we need your help. Even for uh, Metheli Alliance, uh, we need to plant uh, 80,000 churches. So that we need your help and your prayers. To plant one church, we need only $300 for training the church planters. After that, we don't need uh, any money because this uh, continue the church themselves because we teach them to self-support, self-reliance, and self-propagation. We teach them to do everything by themselves when the church is planted. We teach them how to pastoring the church, how to make them disciple, and how to make them giving churches, how to make them mission churches, to reach out people. So, to reach our country, it's uh, very much in need because our country is uh, 1.5 billion people living in our country. So we want to win at least 1 million people. That's also just a little drop in a desert. So still, we want to reach that much people within the span of 2025. Please help us. Please pray for us. I know God loves you so much. And God loves us that 
people they are they are dying without love of god they are perishing without christ they are going to hell we cannot sleep we cannot spend a very easy time we always pray and cry to god we pray and fast every week we say god save these people and send us a help to save these people we always cry so here god has helped me to come up to your country to share my testimony and the work that god is doing in our country please help us please pray for us remember us you know your prayer and uh, if you are willing to help our poor people children to come in school we have uh, 300 children coming to our school and uh, we have no more room many poor people children are still not going to school we want to build uh, some more rooms for them to bring up them to educated for that we need your help if you can help to build up at least three more rooms uh, to bring a few more 100 or 200 children to our school that's we need your help thank god thank you so much god bless you God bless you, man. Amen. <clears throat> well, now God's people said, uh, how many of you, I, I grew up, I grew up a preacher's kid, like most of y'all know, uh, and I, I didn't have, I didn't have ball player heroes, I didn't have posters of basketball players on my wall or uh football players on my wall I, all my heroes have always been preachers uh missionaries evangelists uh I've been in 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 ministry I guess my entire life and and or affiliated with it somewhere or another and uh sometimes I would think and sit and imagine you know what it would be like to meet a bible character you know you'd go through the bible you when I was a kid how many of y'all how many of y'all are old enough Uh, I, I see on Facebook all the time. I am this old, and it'll share something. How many of y'all are uh, old enough to remember the flannel graph in Sunday school? You know, flap that baby on the wall and then tell the story. Amen. And I remember that growing up, and I think about different Bible characters, thinking about Samson, <coughs> thinking about John Baptist. I always loved John Baptist. He's a bad dude. When you were wear camel's hair and eat wild locusts and honey, you you bad. Amen. But one of the one of the the coolest one of the coolest to me the one I would really love to meet besides Jesus obviously would always want to hang out and eat lunch with Jesus but uh it would be the apostle Paul. I mean you you just think about the apostle Paul and what he was able to accomplish and what he was able to do and uh when it comes to ministry and and all of that. And I I want to I want to share something with you. And I want and, and please please get what I'm trying to say. The closest you'll ever come to meeting the apostle Paul until you get to heaven is sitting right there in that pew. And if you don't believe me, everything he just said, go to the book of Acts and read the apostle Paul's life 
and then come back to me. And, and my point being with this, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to build a, a man up because I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost don't even feel like worthy being in his presence because I've always respected God's men and, and loved God's men. And my dad taught me that a long time ago. And, and so it, it, it really intimidates me a little bit and, and makes me nervous. And I'm nervous here and I'm really nervous for what I'm fixing to say. And I hope you don't, don't take this the wrong way and don't take this as a disrespectful thing. Or, or just, just, just hear me out because I'm not contradicting myself. Uh, there is, according to scripture, according to scripture, uh, there is nothing special about brother Burrow. Preacher, did you hear what all of you? Yeah, I heard everything. I heard everything. And I really appreciate the, the, the translation of it beforehand because that helped me understand it. Amen. But did you hear everything that happened? Did you hear everything that he's doing? Man, I heard it all. Trust me. Man, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, wow, that's so awesome, man. That is great. That are, they, were to, they were to have a statue. Well, why are you telling there's nothing special? Because the Bible says, the Bible says that Elijah, how many of y'all think Elijah was a cool cat? Elijah calls down fire from heaven, faces 450 prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of the grove, stares them down, has a contest with them, wins the contest, and kills all of them. That's a bad man. And if there's anybody in the Bible, John Baptist in the New Testament came in the power and the spirit of Elijah of the Old Testament. Are y'all with me? But you know what the Bible says about him? He's a man. He is a man of like passions as we are. That's what it says. And I'm going somewhere with this. I promise you, I'm going somewhere with this. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, you, you, you kind of felt, you kind of felt a stirring on the inside when he began to tell you about, you know, being in this battalion and, and he starts a church in this battalion. He wins people to Christ in this battalion. That's what it means when he's saying I'm planting a church. I'm winning people to Christ and then I'm telling what Christ said and teaching them what Christ said, how to obey Christ and how to follow Christ. That's what a church is. And he gets kicked out of that one, goes to another one, starts another one. Man, every, every, and then another one, and then another, and I'm just sitting there like, yeah. And I mean, I'm getting stirred up on the inside. Now, now did, when he was saying about all the churches, all the churches that are being planted, how, that, how they doubled. Y'all remember just a while ago? How many of y'all that stirred you up? Come on, did it stir you up? How exciting. We clapped and we heard amens behind it. Where are you going with this? Where I'm going with this is there's nothing special about him. You know what's special about him? He's just willing and obedient. That's right. right. He's willing and obedient. Listen, there's not more of God in India than there is in America. Everything that you just heard can be happening right here. Right. Right. Right here. Preacher Doug, I'm telling you, when I was growing up, I, I just thought, you know, there's just certain special guys. They just got it. Yeah. And these, you know, certain big churches are for just, no, it's not. I, that is so far from the truth. Yeah. When you study the disciples, they were a bunch of misfits. Yeah. They were just a bunch of, <laughs> and, the, and the ringleader was a cusser. Peter, 
But the Bible said these bunch of misfits who were ignorant and unlearned men turned the world upside down. Well, I just, I just preach this America. We just, we're just way past it. We're just, I don't think, I don't think it can happen in America. Really? Really? There's a, there's a certain auto body shop here in Coleman. Brother Nelms has challenged us to make disciples, which is basically what, what they're doing. And how, how are they planting all these churches? They're making disciples. They're making disciples. Really, we could change this around and just say they're going and making disciples and church are forming from that. Because that's, that's, that's the Bible way. And, and so, we're, we're, y'all know for, for I guess, six, 10 or 11 weeks, I don't know how long we've been in DMD and training and developing and, and all that kind of thing. So, so, we've launched out and we're starting, we're starting, basically, you can say, little mini churches. Yeah. And we just started one in, in an auto body shop. I thought about calling either Bent Fender or Bondo Church. I don't know which one. Three weeks ago, we had four people. Last night, we had 11. And I'm talking about men in there that's totally, completely unchurched. Men in there that don't know anything about God are sitting there reading their Bible and talking about the Bible and what the Bible's saying to them. And their eyes are looking like saucers because God is speaking to them. Guess what? You could be a brother Burrow. That's right. You could share your faith. That's right. I, I was walking today. I was walking today, and, and, and I'm supposed to speak in Ohio to a bunch of Yankees on Sunday. <clears throat> and, and this is what's been going through my head. Am, am I religious or am I following Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? What's the difference? Well, if, if you're religious, that means you just know some Christianese. You've got a list of rules that you're following. Okay, you show up to church every now and then and even carry your Bible, some of y'all. You may even read it every now and then. But Hindu people do stuff like that. Buddhists do stuff like that. They have a list of rules they follow too. But what does it mean to follow Jesus? It's disciples making disciples. It's going to those who don't know Christ and telling them about Christ and teaching them. Isn't that the Great Commission? Are we religious or are we following Jesus? I went back and I looked at some more material and, and, and Jesus said, Jesus said, come and what? Come on, come and follow me, right? Come and follow me. He said the same thing to Matthew. He told Peter, he told Peter and John, he said, put that net up, get out of that boat, come and follow me, and I'll make you to be fishers of men. So what does that mean? If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to be You fish lately? Now it's, and I, trust me, trust me, I'm not getting on to you. I'm not getting on to you. Y'all know, y'all the mature crowd. It's the cream of the crop. I'm not going to chew out my Wednesday night, people. You're here, all right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Don't sit here and clap and get excited and be happy for India while we're letting Coleman go to hell. This is supposed to be missions. It is. But it starts here. 
It starts here. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem first. I, I, I've been in churches. I've been in churches. And I'm, I'm going to vent this a little bit here because i got just a few minutes. I've been in churches. I've been in churches that bragged about having this many missionaries. And they wouldn't go across the street to invite a certain family. That's not biblical. Do you realize the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. Are y'all with me? Now listen, this is what I'm going to pray and I'm not going I'm not going to ramble. I'm just I just I'm just this is just on me and it's in my heart. We got to make disciples. And you can you can don't let the devil convince you. Say, "Well, I'm unqualified." So what? So was Peter. So was John. So was Mr. Burrow. Why did he start starting? Why is he playing all these churches? Because he's just doing what God said. Amen. Go ye into all the world if you're qualified. That's not what it says, is it? Go ye into all the world. That's for every creature. That's for every saved, born-again child of God. And what do we say? We already know what this means. As you are going, take this truth. As you are going, tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. What did Jesus do for you? Tell them about Jesus. And I promise you, I promise you, I'm I'm not telling you something. And, and, And trust me, I've heard this from my dad about not, not climbing a ladder or not sending somebody up a ladder you're not willing to climb. Yeah. My dad taught me leadership when I was a little kid before I ever entered the ministry. Yeah. I'm not asking you to do something I'm not doing. Well, you're the preacher. I'm not, I'm not talking about this. I'm, I'm working and I'm going out and I'm trying to get in body shop church. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Winning people in the sauna, at the gym. Yeah. Y'all remember that story? The young man that got saved in the sun at the gym. Guess what? He was there at Body Shop Church last night. Guess what he did? He brought someone with him. Come on, give God praise. Y'all with me? Are you fishing? Follow me and I'll make you to become. Come on, follow me and I'll make you to become. Fishers of men. Jesus never, Jesus never commanded the lost to come. He commanded the saved to go. Let's go. Giddy up. Let's go. Well, preacher, I'm not physically able. Okay, no problem. Help us financially, help us spiritually by praying to keep Brother Burrow in the ministry. To keep reaching the mighty little alliance to keep it. Listen, all the projects we've started, all the projects we are currently funding and helping what we're going to try to do this year, pray and say, God, what do you want me to do? Think this is important. This is important. 
The only thing that's going to count when it's all said and done is what we do for Christ. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. I want to do this. Brother Doug, will you take Brother Burrow to his table? Is it still set up out there in the foyer? Oh, you didn't set up a table? No, 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 then you stay right here. I want y'all to do this. We're going to pray and dismiss. We're going to pray and dismiss. And I want y'all to take a moment, stop by, and let Brother, know, Brother, Brother Burrow know you're praying for him. Yes. That's the greatest thing anyone could ever do. That's right. And then, then, as you're on your way home, I want you to pray, Lord, what do you want us to do this month? Yeah. What do you want us to do? Well, what if he asks me to do something I can't do? He'll never ask you to do something without helping you get it done. That's and all God's people say it. Let's stand. Everyone stand. Now, I need everybody. I need everybody. Well, y'all can't in the balcony. Y'all just have to fake it. I need everybody to turn around and look at that clock on that TV right there. Mm -hmm. All right. All you pessimists in here that never think I can let you out early. There you go, right there. And the second thing I need you to understand, don't get used to it. <clears throat> All right. All right. Isn't the Lord good? How many glad you came tonight? Yes, I am tickled to death. Hallelujah. Hey, don't miss an opportunity. Don't miss an opportunity to meet probably the closest thing you'll ever see to a real, true Bible character. And all God's people see it. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time of sharing and fellowship and testimony. Lord, you have been such a blessing. You have been such a blessing. I pray right now that you 